Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breaking This Down, the podcast where we break down growth strategies to help entrepreneurs from around the world grow their businesses. Starting a business is one of the hardest things that anybody can do, and asking for little help never hurt anybody. Today, we're getting a helping hand from our friends over at Gorgeous with Nicole. In our conversation, Nicole breaks down a ton of cool tips and tricks. We go through specific case studies. We understand how Gorgeous fundamentally changes the way that e-commerce businesses view their customers and ultimately how successful merchants grow their business through exceptional customer service. If you make it to the end, Nicole and I have a little surprise for everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for listening. So thank you, Nicole, for joining us. We're excited to have you. I wanted to start off a little bit more casual before we dive into our topic for today, primarily being around the fundamentals of a successful e-commerce experience. I wanted to ask for our listeners, you know, who's Nicole? What do we need to know? Give us a little bit of a background here. Yeah. So thanks, Marco, for having me. Super excited to be here. So a little bit of context about me is, you know, I grew up internationally, I think I was just telling you, and always had a love for bringing people together, you know, meeting new people. And then that kind of translated into the brand world where I generally was attracted to jobs that allowed me to interface with a lot of different people. And so prior to actually my job at Gorgeous, I was at a startup that was reimagining the mini bar and gift shop at hotels. And basically I built like a brand network there where I was bringing brands into hotels, COVID hit. So that kind of didn't end up working out. But then after that, you know, I asked my network and I was like, where should I work? And they recommended Gorgeous and said a lot of these brands were kind of moving on to this software ecosystem and e-commerce was taking like a huge spike. So then I was kind of like, this sounds, sounds like a good opportunity and decided to actually follow that. And that's how I ended up here and leading business development for the East Coast now for Gorgeous. Very exciting. Now, most people will already know what Gorgeous is. They really have to be living under a rock to not know what you guys do. But give us a really quick elevator pitch for those that don't know. Yeah, so Gorgeous, again, for so for context, uh, e-commerce had a huge boom this last year. And I think what we found was there were different ways to interact with individuals and and brands because you couldn't do that in-person experience. So Q Gorgeous, which is an e-commerce help desk, it allows you to aggregate all your support in one place. So email, chat, Facebook, phone, Instagram, all those customer service touch points that you're probably either missing or you're not taking full advantage of or really creating this customer journey online. And, you know, rather than a brand going to Facebook and responding and then going to uh, check their Shopify order in Shopify and do that separately, we created a tool that aggregates it all in one place. There's machine learning components, AI components to help respond to those repetitive inquiries and make it a really smarter way to to level up your operational team. Very exciting. Um, Can you give us a couple of examples as to who you work with? Yes. I mean, what's what's really great is, you know, part of knowing all these different brands is I actually shop from them. I have zero shame in going into a store and being like, this is a cool brand. Let me DM the founder um, or let me tweet at them or something like that. Like I, I, I really just love getting to know their stories. So some of my favorite brands, one we just recently onboarded was Ilya Beauty. I use their products every single day. And so it was really cool to work with a brand like that who's pioneering in the in the clean beauty industry. Another brand that we just onboarded, which I think I'm allowed to say now is Netflix. So that's super exciting. So we're going to be managing Netflix customer support through our software. And then also we have some other celebrity brands as well that are pretty cool to be working with and to be, you know, on their website and, and look at it and be like, oh, that's, that's our gorgeous tool. And, you know, we were able to bring that in, but yeah, I would say Ilya Beauty, 
Supergoop, another sunscreen. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Princess Polly. I, I would say like I shop at majority of the brands that we onboard. And for context, we grew from like 2000 last year to 7,000 now. And it's really not good for my shopping habits, but <laughs> um, it's, it's fun to work with those brands. It sounds really dangerous to be working for Gorgeous and getting an inside track to all of these businesses and then spending money on them. Exactly. Yeah, that's tip. It's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> Out of curiosity, the Netflix side of things, are you doing all of their customer support or is it mainly their, they just launched their apparel side, right? Or their it, it, it would be their e-commerce store. Yeah. I don't know if we could handle that all that customer actually i wonder if netflix gets a lot of customer support i don't know <laughs> i don't know actually they pretty have pretty good service i don't think you really need to complain it's pretty straightforward yeah. yeah i've never really had an issue with them exactly it works when you need it speaking of netflix launching a um e-commerce experience and e-commerce brand it seems like especially like you just said throughout the pandemic more and more people realized one as I shut down i can't really sell to people in person and you know e-commerce was blowing up a little bit more and there's especially in the last you know 12 to 16 months we've noticed that there's been a big boom in new businesses launching and a lot of them trying to tap their way through an e-commerce experience in in your mind what would you consider are some of the fundamentals of a successful e-commerce uh, experience for someone yeah so i would i would say you know always put yourself in the customer shoes i know that's always very straightforward but when it comes to customer service it's so important you know, there's numerous times I've had terrible customer experience and I won't purchase from the merchant again. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, and so when you think about a really great customer service experience, like I like I like using the Zappos example. I think this is many, many years ago. Zappos used to, if you asked about a specific shoe, they would send you to a different website, even if it wasn't their own. And that just creates a really great brand affinity with the brand. Um, you know, it puts a positive tone in your mouth. And, you know, I think when it comes to, being able to change the customer's experience. It's so true with customer service. You could turn any negative experience into a positive one. You know, if you have a negative one and it keeps being negative, it's it's kind of game over. But if you want to have that retention and you want to ha- have those customers converting, I think the core of it is putting yourself in the customer's shoes and figuring out what would I as a customer want and, and what would be good service to me. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to hire, you know, a fleet of like 20 customer service agents. You can leverage tools like Gorgeous, for example, to actually automate those repetitive tasks. So it's easy to find information. It's easy to figure out where your order is. You don't have to respond to everywhere is my order inquiry, which is the number one most asked for inquiry, but finding ways to make it easy for the customer to actually find those answers themselves, which I think we'll get into like a self-service conversation next. But I think it's really important to put yourself in the customer's shoes and, and figure out, you know, what would I like? And then another part of that is just being, you know, proactive. If you're just solely trying to get customers on your website, getting them to convert, you know, they're not going to be lifelong customers. You have to think about the entire customer journey and how to actually get them back as a customer. So maybe it's being on different channels, you know, not just email and phone, figuring out how to be on different channels where the modern consumer now sits. And then yeah, I would say those are kind of like the core functionalities of of making sure that you have a good good team set up, use automations. Everyone always says, "Oh, like I don't want to automate, like it sounds like it's going to be a robot." But, you know, we've made a tool that allows you to pull in and say like, "Hey Marco, here's your order update and pull in all the variables, pull in the tracking link with the click of a button or with the click of just setting up an automation, which is an, basically a pre-canned response that executes a response to the customer without uh, based on a specific formula. That's pretty much what our team sets up. But I think those are ways to actually make your life easier 
and and make automation your friend versus feeling like it's this really scary term and it's gonna you know take over humanity or something <laughs> <laughs> um if we believe elon musk that's a possibility but um, yeah <laughs> the the first thing that you mentioned that really caught my eye there is we we work with a business that produces dress shirts for men and they have the what i find the most satisfactory customer support in the world there's a before they became even before they even became a client there's a success story that hit me um that sort of resonated with when you were just talking about they there was a wedding happening in london um and they were providing the shirts for all the groomsmen and uh the you know the that side of the family and they had accidentally sent a couple of wrong shirts um and the wedding was happening outside of london you know it wasn't going to get near there and so the groom calls and says, hey, you guys sent me the wrong shirt. And they're like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And what they did was they went to the store, picked up that CS person, went to the store, picked up that shirt, put it in a cab and sent it all the way up to, uh, outside of London, which cost almost 600 pounds at the time. For a shirt, that's 19 bucks. But you know that doing that, you know, you have a customer for life um, because they're always wow. going to. <laughs> yeah, I think that that, that is, is crazy, especially in, in shirts, for example. You know, there's a million shirt manufacturers out there. You can buy them from H&M or whatever it is, and some are cheaper and more expensive. And I think that that's one of the big differentiators. And, you know, they're doing $250 million a year in the U.S. alone. So it's crazy numbers just by putting your customer first, really. Yeah, that's really insane. I think, um, I mean, I actually haven't heard of a, a customer experience like that. That's I'm definitely going to be using that in some future conversations. And be like, I talked to this guy, Marco, and he told me this story. But I think that hits on a lot of points, right? It's like one you're putting yourself in the customer's shoes Two, you're being extremely personable. And I think, you know, you can do personalization while still being really efficient online. Now um, you can mimic what it's like to be in person, even though, you know, with COVID, everyone has kind of been working from home, ordering online, there's minimal like customer interaction. But I think that's such a great story that, like you said, that's a lifelong customer. And to have that sort of impact where you're continuously telling story that's marketing of its own, right? If you're going to have marketing that works, you might as well create and build a story and a lasting story at that as well. Exactly. And I think the thing that you mentioned there is a lot of this, in this case, it's a little bit different because, you know, you have a time crunch, but getting the shirt to the wedding in time, but for a lot of the general inquiries that you get, they're not all going to be that extreme and they can be automated and make sound human, right? That's kind of the beauty of the gorgeous tool where someone can ask a question and there's going to be a lot of frequently asked questions that a lot of the e-commerce companies are going to have set up and gorgeous makes it really easy for you to, you know, automate those responses so that you don't have to get bogged down for lack of a better way of phrasing that in general inquiries that, you know, a robot can answer, but focus on those crazy stories like the one that we just talked about. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. <laughs> on that note, I've been, I've been a little curious about specifically diving into the tool gorgeous, you know, we often think of customer success as dealing with angry clients, right? Or customers. Um, whereas I think Gorgeous flips that on its head a little bit. And I'd love to hear from you, how does Gorgeous specifically help businesses and customer success teams address those points that you just mentioned? So for example, you know, the automation, putting yourself in the customer's shoes, you know, what are some of those issues that you've come across? Yeah, I think it's really important to be proactive. I think people always used to view customer service as this reactive issue, tickets that you just want to get through, but there's so much more you can do with it. I think one of the best practices that I always talk about is social media. There's oftentimes, like I mentioned, IDM founders or IDM brands, or you know, you're responding to a social media inquiry and you have no context of who that customer is. We're actually able to see on our end if you know you're writing in 
on Instagram and you have a Shopify account that's, you know, associated with the same email that we can see your order history just from that social media interaction. So if you're commenting, Oh, I love this, you know, and you're tagging 10 of your friends, we can actually pull, identify that that's a positive sentiment, put that into a category. And then now the customer service agent is going to be like, I'm going to get through all these positive comments and I'm going to upsell them. And I'm going to say, and, and, and really treat your success team, like your sales team and be like, okay, this is already a previous customer. How about I give him a discount? And now while I'm also giving him a discount, I'm giving all his 10 friends a discount. And that's like the beauty of, of upselling and, and being proactive with customer service and making sure that you're not just focusing on being this reactive. Oh, they already purchased, you know, they're kind of like a, not a customer I want to focus on, but actually focusing on those really loyal customers and figuring out ways I can make your experience even better post-purchase. Another thing I like to talk about is we run, we spend so much money on ad spend, right? And um, oftentimes there's a miss in communication where you'll launch an ad, you'll swipe up, right? Now, then that's great. I think that's traditionally how most of the brands do it. But I think we take that one step further at Gorgeous and we're like, well, why don't you swipe the ad into a conversation? You know, a Facebook ad into a Facebook Messenger conversation or into a WhatsApp flow or into, you know, a chat, you know, really guide them throughout that customer journey. Because if you're holding their hand every step of the way, they're more likely to convert, right? Because there's all these signs, you're talking to someone, you're asking them about sizing, you know, you feel like someone is there with you and you're not waiting around. And if you were waiting around, you probably might leave that website or someone wasn't being responsive, you probably wouldn't focus on that specific purchase. But if you can find ways to really open up those conversations and treat them like your friend, like they're purchasing from a friend and they build trust in the brand, most likely they will come back. We actually found that the conversion rate when you respond within 10 minutes on chat was 30%. And then when it was a response under two minutes, it was 50%. So almost came 50% higher. And we actually have revenue metrics that track how many individuals are converting based on these customer service inquiries. So we have an entire reporting dashboard to actually put profits and revenue, you know, according to these different success agents. I am Alexandria Collis, Director of Customer Experience for Princess Polly. I'm focused on our strategy and innovation in the CX department here at Princess Polly. I have a quote and I always tell our CX leaders that customer experience is the heart of an organization and we pump the blood and deliver the oxygen to the vital organs in the business to help them thrive and grow stronger. The Gorgeous platform allows our agents a seamless place to just do it all. We are really there for the customer every step of the way if they want. Our customers expect quality and efficiency where they are. So the real question is, how do you get quality and efficiency across every single platform? And then once you have it, how do you maintain it? And I believe that with the Gorgeous platform, we can do that. If you're interested in learning more about Gorgeous, go to gorgeous.com and mention podcast for two months free. I love that because there's a, an example that I like before we, this is a client of ours, before we even pitched him, um, I was curious in his product. He basically sells leggings for men or what he calls meggings. And he is a gorgeous uh, user as well. Um, and before I ever even pitched them or before we ever even got them as a client, we had sent them a message and I got an instant reply, not knowing that that was automated at the time, but it seemed like a real human that was doing, and this was in the early stages of his business when he didn't have you know, a CS team and he was still as the lone founder handling all of it. And through that process, I realized I ended up buying something, even though um, we weren't going to do business with him at that time. But just because it seemed like he was so on his, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, shit, right? And everything was in line and he had instantly gotten back to me. It, it made me feel like there was a real person there. It's a real business that I can trust, especially if you're going towards, you know, new 
towards a new brand that you might not have previously heard of. And that idea at Gorgeous, turning customer support into a profit center to me is, it's flipping the whole narrative, which I really enjoy going from, this is a tedious task of I have to deal with angry customers to this can actually be fun. And I can, you know, use all this information, this data that you just mentioned, looking at the Shopify history to actually get my friends to then buy a pair of Meggings as well and different things like that. So I think that that's, that's a really beautiful way of looking at customer support. And I think it's one thing that definitely puts uh, gorgeous aside from everybody else. Yeah. And I think, I think like, like I said, there's a power of communication. Like it's better to over communicate than under communicate. I mean, obviously you don't want to spam them. Right. But you've already got the customer, right? They're, they're coming to you. It's more of an inbound tool. And how can you really use that inbound tool to just focus on conversion rates? And sometimes I would say, you know, I think we had a study once that showed it was like the equivalent of a 5% increase in ad spend just by responding to specific comments. And you'd be surprised how many brands don't even respond to their comments and they're just focusing on the email comments or they're not active on different channels. Oh yeah. We have a lot of the times when we do reviews for potential uh, clients or for clients that are recently onboarded, we see that most of the time their comments just go unanswered. And the beauty of that is they're asking questions that others are asking as well. So if you answer it one, you know, there's right. going to be a lift in people purchasing coming from that. And it's not just dealing with people that have previously shopped from you, but it's also addressing those that are going to be shopping from you. Totally. Yeah. Speaking of those that might be shopping from you, a big part of you know customer service and customer success is the self-serve portion that we were sort of alluding to a little bit earlier. In your time at Gorgeous and maybe as a person shopping at a lot of these brands, you know, how have you found um, the importance of the self-service platforms? And if there's specific tips that you would have in terms of setting it up for someone, are there specific, you know, is it, it should be used as a frequently asked question portal? You know, walk me through a little bit of that. Yeah. So self-service is interesting. So we recently launched self-service and that was really important for us because a lot of the times now you, you know, I, I, li- I like to think about my mom. My mom likes to call brands. She doesn't know how to handle like text message or chat or emails even sometimes, you know, she's very, you know, focused on those channels. Now for myself and, you know, my friends, we're kind of the modern consumer that likes to text or we like to chat. Or if I don't need to talk to anyone, I'm totally fine finding the answer myself if I can figure that out in a quick and efficient way. So what we launched was a self-service chat, and that's finding ways to to answer your own questions and the most commonly asked questions as well. So for example, where is my order? If you're going to the website and you type in your email and write where is my order, then you can actually track it with a specific button that'll actually elicit a button for you to actually look at your order, what you last ordered. And I think that's really important because there's this shift in the consumer now that actually, you know, they want to engage with you, but then there's also this idea of like making it really easy for the customer so that you actually could cut out the middleman in some capacity and, you know, work harder or work smarter, not necessarily harder by having this self-service tool for a lot of these brands that might realize like, oh, my customer is actually this under this bucket and wants to find the answers themselves. Maybe they want to look in the FAQ section, or maybe they just want to write, hey, like, and ask a question, and then it automates a response to that. You know, people want quick and efficient communication. And so that's kind of what we talk about with self-serve is finding ways to actually make it really easy for the customer themselves to answer their own problems. Do you have an example of a brand that you think does a really good job at that, that you can share? Yeah, I would say, I would say like Steve Madden has a pretty great self-service chat. I think they, you know, they're one of our most unique or biggest customers and they they've done a lot of different adjustments to like their chat and to their, you know, flows 
So I would say they have a great job and I can't think of it right now, but if I think of it, I can, I can send you guys or send you the link and you can include it. Cool. Uh, thank you. On that line, I wanted to talk a little bit about at the beginning, we talked about the fundamentals of a e-commerce experience being, you know, personalization and things like that. Is that a part of the self-service platform or is it primarily just answering a question for someone? I would say all of it is e-commerce based. I think gorgeous. It's, you know, started because the founders saw there were some incumbents in the space that were mainly B2B focused. There was no one really in the e-commerce space. And then no one was really focusing on like the Shopify piece of it. And so we really came in and we're like, well, these are the most commonly asked questions. Online shopping is at an all time high. And we're able to kind of build this product around this e-commerce experience. And we really pride ourselves as calling ourselves the, the help desk for e-commerce. So I would say almost everything, you know, when we're creating automations, when we're picking sentiments and sentiments are like the tone of the message intents are going to be what is the intention of the customer we've created like specific sentiments and specific intents to identify what is the customer asking about based on key trigger words so you know a brand can easily just have it set up by our team and it'll be like anytime a customer writes the word ugly that'll be a negative sentiment right for example so you can create a rule that buckets all these negative comments into one view and you can go ahead and hide those comments so a lot of it is based on e-commerce but also like the modern day consumer and what their like what their language is using it in the most commonly used language that sounds like it saves a lot of time uh, having to go in there and hide comments or uh, reply to those things is gonna be quite painful yes exactly it's it definitely um saves a lot of time and I think, you know, when you start off with a company, you know, I talk to founders all the time that are sole founders and they're like, I use gorgeous because it saves me time. And then there's those founders that are like, oh, I don't need to outsource it yet or use a tool yet. And I'm like, no, but like it actually should be the opposite because for you, it's more valuable for your time that you can like you shouldn't be focusing on that. You should be focusing on other parts of operating the business and allow a tool to help do a lot of a lot of the bulk work yeah you get a lot of the time back that you can focus on other things such as maybe growth of the company or fulfillment we're all struggling with supply chain issues right so all that makes exactly cool i think we have an example of steve madden if somebody wants to check out a self-service portal when it comes to customer feedback and customer success a lot of the questions that we get from founders is how do i get feedback from my customer? What do I need to know? Whether not the public facing stuff that they put on an ad or, you know, they send you an email about, but whether a little bit more product specific where I'm seeking information from them. Gorgeous does a really incredible job at this. And I'd I'd be curious to hear what are some of the best practices there in your experience? um, And how does that really help a founder grow their business? So Feedback is really interesting. I know you, you, we talked about the tools, but you know, like a Yapo or a Kendo example, those are you know partners of ours and their review platforms. I think there's so much you can find in those reviews. Maybe there's a new flavor, right? So you know, we had this tea, or sorry, not tea. We had this candle company, and they had this lavender candle. And you know, the amount of times rose was actually asked for, you know, was almost higher than the lavender request. So what they did is they used that feedback and actually turned it into a new product line. So they were able to double down on sales. You know, they were able to create a two pack between lavender and rose. You know, trying to upsell the customer with not just one product but two products. I think reviews are really great because nowadays I don't buy anything, especially not clothing, unless I know how it fits. If I, I check what the measurements are on the model, I check you know, what the reviews say. And if the reviews are like a three out of five, I'm like, oh no, I'm not buying this. And I think, again, there's this 
we're in this economy where people want the best deal. They're looking on multiple websites. They're looking on the other reviews before they make a purchase. So I think, you know, if you can understand what those reviews are and really put data to those reviews and to those comments, you can actually figure out ways to better your product offering, to understand what your customers are saying and being proactive. For example, there was like, like you said, it's supply chain issues, or um, there's a huge product outage and I forget which brand did this, but basically they already knew, okay, there's a product outage. We're going to get tons of emails or sorry, manufacturing outage. There's, we're going to get tons of emails about our brand not being shipped on time, et cetera. So instead they proactively emailed all the customers. They were like, we're so sorry. There's already a delay. Expect it in one or two weeks. There's nothing you need to do on your end other than know that it's coming. If you'd like to cancel, here's X, Y, and Z. Gave them all the options. And I think that's really important because if someone wrote all like I had, a, you know, they didn't even communicate when the product was coming, terrible review of the brand, that can really hurt your brand image. So if you can be pro- proactive, you can really mitigate a lot of those terrible reviews and maybe turn it into a positive one. And and I, I actually know this brand for a fact had a review that said that was like they were so proactive, proactive about communication when they had an outage and really left like a five star stellar review. So I think there's just so much you can do from a review standpoint and, and using that data to your advantage as well. Yeah, to tie that into the ads, we often see that if we're trying to convince someone to buy you know, apparel, for example, using any of that user-generated content or reviews really has a huge impact on getting someone to buy. I know for myself, I can absolutely relate to what you just said as a, as a, uh, as a fat guy, it's really hard to find jeans that fit well. And so I always look for, you know, on tag pictures on Instagram to see, okay, is there a bigger dude that's, you know, wearing these and do I look like an absolute buffoon or like tree trunk pants? Um, So I can absolutely relate to that. You see that, you know, tools like Gorgeous make it easy to control some of that and what's out there about you, um, especially capturing that feedback through your uh, integrations and your partners through Akendo and Yopo, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How important would you say, or how do you, how do you see people using it's a bit of a dumb question, but in terms of use cases, how do you see more and more people or how do you see people changing the way that they deal with customer success as they onboard with Gorgeous? I think that if you're ready to take the move and, and, and implement a, a tool like this, I think you just shift your mindset of customer service because, you know, Klaviyo is is such a core core tool, you know, you need something for marketing, but now customer service is becoming this, you know, not only marketing tool, this retention tool, and really like this integral part of your tech stack. So I think that's when you start to realize if I can optimize this, I can create more revenue. I can create a great, if I can create a great customer experience, I'm going to be a better brand and build and fostering community through social media. I think, you know, we oftentimes talk about how being on social media and, you know, we just launched Twitter, for example, and and creating this community brand for yourself is so important because it creates, you know, the word of mouth, the ripple effect of word of mouth. Um, it also creates this great brand affinity. It creates really happy customers. And oftentimes, if you're not thinking about those things, you might be missing a huge opportunity for your brand. Now, if you are thinking about those things, I think that's when, you know, and you're implementing something like gorgeous, you're realizing, wow, there's so much power in this tool. You know, they shift their focus on how to double down on a tool like ours versus trying to like manually do it themselves. Yeah. I think, we often get asked, why should I use a tool like that? And obviously one of the easiest answers for us, since we primarily focus on paid marketing is, you know, you get time back. You don't sit there for hours answering the same customer support message over and over again. You have basically what is another human being, but it's a, you know, a tool that actually answers those questions for you. And that time is then, you know, something you can spend on what would be more valuable to your business. 
I would also say with that, you know, time back is super important, but another piece is you're really understanding your customer. Like your success team probably knows your customer better than the founder. If if you're really doing it right, you know, and, and that customer service team has to communicate and escalate, Hey, this is what we're seeing. This is, you know, they find things before, you know, the, the, you know, some of the key stakeholders even know. And I think that's really important because there's so much information there. And another piece of that is testing out different channels. Like I mentioned, this omni-channel experience, knowing where your customers sit. If you're ready to implement a tool, you want to know about your customers. You want to know if they're on their SMS texters, or you want to know if they're on Facebook or Instagram, like you're really ready to get to know your customer and double down on, on how to make it a really successful revenue driving channel. Yeah. I love that. You just said, you know, your CS or your CX person usually knows before the founder, what are some of the problems? What are people saying? There's a, an example that I love where we have weekly meetings with the founder and he spends a lot of time going through the ads with us. And so we go through performance and we, I then had a conversation with one of the CX person when I was visiting their office and the CX person listed like 10 things that were important that the founder had no idea about. We put those in an ad and for that Black Friday, they 4X'd just because we started using that language that people were talking about. You know, we 4X the actual revenue from taking CX into wow. consideration. So I love that. You know, that's a good point. We should get a case study going on that. Sure. Um, they're a really cool brand. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love it. When we recommend Gorgeous to, a, to one of our clients, it's, it, it's the saving time aspect and everything else. But one thing that really, f- at least we see, seals the deal for them is they've usually... I'll give you an example. We have a client who does, uh, in his spare time when he doesn't have work to do, he sometimes pops into CX and CS and looks at what people are talking about. And he tends to go after the Karens of the world, right? He gets a little bit feisty and replies to them in a way that's probably not the best way, especially as a founder, it's really hurting his business. But what we started talking about with him is, you know, he has this idea that CX is always dealing with problems. But in the case of when we started talking to him about using Gorgeous, what really resonated with him was it's not just dealing with problems. It's actually one, turning those problems into more money, into revenue and being sort of upfront about what they can expect. It's not just about fixing problems, but it's about turning customer support into a profit center. And I think that 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 language really resonates with a lot of people. And if there's specifics that you can talk to about how, you know, gorgeous, the app does that, that would be super helpful. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I read somewhere that, you know, 28%, uh, you saw an increase in 28% conversion rate for people that before they were buying, when they needed a question answered via SMS or through the website. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was saying earlier is we saw 30% convert or almost 30% or 28% was the accurate number with a response time of under 10 minutes. And that's for customers who haven't purchased within 30 days or are entirely new customers. And kind of what I was alluding to with that revenue metric is putting metrics to your sales team, figuring out ways to actually upsell, putting you know KPIs to your success team so that they actually know how to benchmark it and how you can constantly improve. Because I think, like I said, there's there's so much value in responding to your customer quickly and while still remaining personalized. And I think those are kind of the two key ways to really do that and, and um, turn your customer service center into a profit center. I love that. That's a really, that, that, that language to me always resonates with people. Every time we talk about customer support and we mention gorgeous and we say, you know, turn what is a crappy job into something that makes you more money to put it bluntly. They're always like, okay, talk to me more, tell me more. And then that gets them versus a lot of other people just say, you know, volume of tickets and things like that. I think that that what the brand stands for is really what sets it apart from a lot of others. Totally. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys referring and we also have a discount for any 
one on listening to the podcast. It's always the second and third month free. They just have to say that they heard about it from, you know, the blank studio podcast. We'll put the link in the uh, description if there is a specific link for them. Perfect. Sweet. A lot of what we've covered today has been about how to create a fundamental, you know, e-commerce experience and making the e-commerce experience more enjoyable. I mean, we've both given personal examples, you know, me, fat man trying to buy jeans, you talking about going through all of the different examples, you know, looking at customer reviews, um, you really do your digging before you actually buy from a brand, especially in e-commerce. And that's really important. And, you know, to summarize almost, it seems like one of the big fundamentals here is really creating an experience that people would like, right? It's it's not necessarily for the generation like your mother, where you said where she likes to pick up a phone and talk to someone. It's much more, can I answer the question myself? Can I get the answer in a record number of time? And is there a real person that I can talk to, whether a bot or you know something that you can automate? And I think that that's what people often overlook in terms of creating a really good experience in e-commerce because it's not in a store where you walk in and you have a sales associate. It's about putting that sales associate in front of someone. Um, and I think that, Gorgeous as a tool itself can really help people create that experience and really push more sales, drive more traffic, and ultimately provide an experience where you're not just looking at the one-time purchase of that buyer, right? It's not Nicole buying a candle once. It's Nicole buying a candle from that brand brand consistent because you had a great experience. And it's a lifetime value of the customer that really pushes the business and helps the business grow. Yeah, absolutely. I think you summarized it perfectly. (laughs) To close this out a little bit, is there... You know, anything specific that you wanted to talk about? If not, I'll ask just a couple of closing questions. Um, do you think you I feel like we missed something that we should really put in as well? No, I think I think kind of just to summarize, like the most important thing is, you know, automation is your friend. Put yourself in the customer's shoes, upsell where you can with your success team, and you know, always remain personalized and and go above you can turn in turn any negative experience into a positive one. I think those are kind of like the key takeaways. And if you can build strategy around that. And, you know, every brand is totally different. Some brands have, you know, more strict customer service policies. Some don't. If you can be as clear as possible, because the last thing you want to do is create a, you know, that negative customer experience where they're like, I don't even want to purchase from this merchant again. I love the idea of turning a negative into a positive, especially with that example that you mentioned where, you know, they knew they were going to have outages and they just were proactive about it. If I got that email, I know I would be, you know, really loyal to that brand because they were ahead of the game. They sort of focused on everything. They gave me options if I wanted to cancel. They didn't just keep my money and sort of gouge me for it. That's that's a great example there. Yeah. And I think like I always like to compare it to eating at a restaurant. You eat at a restaurant, terrible service, right? Or sorry, terrible food, but the service is amazing, right? That can totally change your entire experience. You know, if you have amazing service, you might end up tipping better. You might be like, you know what, I'm going to give it one more chance. I think that's always speaks uh, louder than, you know, maybe you have great, great food and terrible service. And you're kind of like, you know what, the service was so bad. I don't know if I'm going to give this another shot, but there's always ways that that, you know, server can really change your experience. And I think that goes the same thing for online. Totally agree. To close this out, we always ask all of our guests one specific questions around, are there any books that you'd recommend for someone to read, whether around CS, whether in business, whether in personal life, it can be something as stupid as, you know, it can be something as random that has nothing to do with e-commerce. Is there something that you'd recommend or something that you've read recently that caught your eye? Oh man, putting me on the spot. Um, (laughs) I have been, you know, I haven't read too many personal books. I read a lot of like fiction. I read a really crazy book called Verity, which was just totally blew my mind. My, all my girlfriends read it. 
but I think one that always stuck with me was the art of not giving, giving an F. And that one I think was just really great for personal development, also leading a team and trying not to care so much about what others think. And, you know, I think it's inherent in our culture, but I think in order to be successful at business, you kind of have to disrupt it a little bit, not do what everyone else is doing and really kind of follow your gut. And I think that was kind of, you know, I read that actually only this past year, even though everyone had read it like many years ago. But yeah, those 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 two, if you like fiction, I would highly recommend Verity. It's like a love story, but also really like a huge thriller at the same time. And then, yeah, uh, The Art of Not Giving. I feel like so bad for saying the word. It's The Art of Not Giving. Yes. Yeah, giving an yes. yes. It's actually a book that a lot of people have been recommending. Seems like it's making the rounds again. In, in closing, is there one, what's one key takeaway that you would want uh, someone uh, to take away from listening to this? Not to sound too salesy, but I would always say, take a call, take a call and learn about the tool before you make decisions. I think oftentimes we see, oh, well, we're not interested. And it's like, but you, you don't even know what we have to offer. You don't even know how we can make your life easier. I think that's the beauty of these tools. I know there's a lot out there, but it never hurts to take a call. And if you're not interested, then you're not interested. But I think that is the first step to really understanding, oh, maybe this could impact your entire strategy in the long run. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Be open to taking that call. Thank you, Nicole, for joining us. I appreciate it. It was lovely to learn from you today. Thank you, Marco. If you want to find Nicole or Air Gorgeous anywhere, there'll be links in the description uh, for you all to check it out. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Marco.